our God, this morning, this afternoon, we humbly come before you. We are so grateful for the name of Jesus. God, we're so grateful that we can come into this place, and on this day we celebrate, we commemorate the fact that Jesus was born, that he came. That he didn't just come, God, to be a, a baby in a manger. He came to be our Savior, our wonderful Counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. God, we are grateful for Jesus today. And God, it's our prayer as we as we spend a moment or two in your word, that we would be reminded, God, of your great grace and your mercy, that we'd be reminded of why you truly came, that you came for us to give us life, to give us eternal life, God. Not just for then, God, but for now. That we might learn to walk through the challenges of life knowing that we have a Prince of Peace, that we have a mighty God, that we have an everlasting Father. God, may we be reminded of such things today. And God, may we be forced to run to you as our refuge and our strength, God, in all times. We praise you, we worship you in Christ's name. Well, hey, I want to welcome you all to our Christmas Eve service this evening. It's such a joy and a privilege to be able to gather together, is it not? Uh, to commemorate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'd like to turn your attention to Isaiah chapter 9 in verse 6. It's such a familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, if you've been in church any amount of time, you've likely heard this before. It is a prophecy from Isaiah the prophet, speaking of the coming Messiah, and he spoke these words many, many years prior to Jesus actually coming and he describes for us who Jesus is, and I want to remind you of who Jesus is this afternoon. It says in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 on the screen, you can follow along with me. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I'd like to take just a few minutes of your time on this Christmas Eve to point our attention to these wonderful names of Jesus, that we would be reminded of who Jesus is this afternoon, because these names have such great significance for us today. They are not just mere titles. They are not just cute little casual names to call Jesus by. They are who Jesus is. In fact, in, in ancient Hebrew culture, a name meant so much more than just something you called someone. It actually reflected their very nature, their very character. And these names this afternoon describe the very character of our Savior, Jesus Christ. They help us to understand who He is. And I believe this afternoon we need these names now more than ever. We need to know not only the names of Jesus, but the power behind the names, the power behind the person, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need these names. You need these names today, now more than ever, because these are names that give us hope, amen? These are names that give us hope for living, and I say that because it's likely that this year uh, for most of us here has been a most troubling year in so many different ways for so many of us here this afternoon. 
You've either felt the pain of loss yourself or you have uh, uh, felt the pain of loss in someone else's life. You've witnessed more heartache. You've witnessed more fear. You've witnessed more hopelessness this past year than likely any other year. And some of you here this afternoon are likely here and, and, and you're fearful of what tomorrow might hold. Uh, you're here and, and you're fearful of maybe losing your job. You're fearful of maybe losing your freedoms. You're fearful of losing your health or the health of a loved one. Maybe you're here and you're confused, angry, bitter because of the state that we are in. And so today, we need the names of Jesus Uh, We need to not only know who Jesus is, but what Jesus is like, so that we're able to walk through this life and walk through the hardships and the challenges together better, knowing who our Savior is. He's a Savior who cares. He's a Savior who is our wonderful counselor, a Savior who is our mighty God, a Savior who is our everlasting Father, and a Savior who is our Prince of Peace. I don't know about you today, but I need a Savior like that. Amen? And I'd like to share just a few thoughts with you this afternoon. And so we're just going to take a brief moment, and we're going to look at two of these names today, Mighty God and Everlasting Father. And if you would join us this coming Sunday, our service will be online only. We're going to talk about uh, the two other names, Wonderful Counselor in Prince of Peace, in the significance of those names for us today. But here's what we're going to discover today. That these names remind you and I today of the reality of who God wants from uh, us to be. And that is, is that God wants us to find refuge in Him. That God desires today, uh, in 2020, that, that we, His people, would find refuge in the names of Jesus. You know, that word refuge is a word that resonates, I think, with us. A refuge might be your home. It might be your family. It might be some place that you retreat to in life. A refuge is simply defined as a place of shelter, safety from pursuit, danger, or trouble in life. God wants you and I to run to Him, especially when times are difficult and find shelter in him. That's why Jesus came in the first place, is that we might run to him. That's why he was born, that that we might have this relationship with the person of Jesus, to know him so intimately that we would run to him in all circumstances and find peace and shelter in the Savior, Jesus Christ. We can find refuge in Jesus. David was a king in Israel, And he has a fascinating history, but King David wrote so many of the Psalms. And he had such an intimate relationship with God, and and he said so many wonderful things. I'd like to point out one of them to you. In Psalm 34, 8, he said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It, It was as if David was saying, Hey, I want you to just taste. I want you to try. I want you to put God to the test and see his goodness, see his mercy. And David goes on to say, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We are to be a people to find refuge and rest and protection and wisdom and counsel and hope in our Savior, Jesus Christ, not in anything else. 
And so these names of Jesus, I, I believe, are meant to stir up that desire in us that we would actually run to him and find refuge, especially in times such as this, hopeless times, fearful times, chaotic times. It's in those moments that God desires for you and I to find refuge in him. And so these names matter. They matter greatly to us today, for without them, we wouldn't know as well the deep love and care of our Savior, Jesus Christ. These names help us to know him. Those of you that are parents here this morning, do you remember what it was like to name your child? Raise your hand if you're with me this morning. You remember those moments that you were trying to name, you know, your child and give them some a name that was significant for you and your spouse. Most people take a lot of time choosing a name for their child because they, they want it to have special meaning, right? We want our kids to have a name that means something. And that's kind of a difficult task, isn't it? It's hard to know what this little blob of human flesh is going to be like and their character is going to be like. And to name them is so very difficult. Uh, maybe you picked a family name for your son or your daughter, uh, the name of a grandparent or the name of an uncle or an aunt or uh, a special friend because they were dear to you. Maybe you picked some family name like that to give special meaning to your child. I remember when Christine and I found out we were having a baby girl. Uh, we were so just overjoyed to know that we were going to have a child, and we would, uh, in our apartment, we would kind of go throughout the house, and we would call out certain names to see if that name, you know, kind of resonated with us. Did anybody else do that? I guess maybe a few of you, right? But we would call out certain names and, and, and see, man, is this a name that would resonate with us? We bought books, right? Uh, name books, and, and we would flip through those, those name books, and, and we would come across certain names, and, and we would say, well, how about this name? And, and, and at some point, a name would come up, and, and you were like, no, 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 we can't name our, our son, our daughter that, because maybe you knew someone that had that name, right? And, and maybe they weren't a nice person, right? And so you're like, I can't, I can't name can't name my, my son or my daughter by that name. Or, or maybe you didn't want to give them a name that, that, that someone would make fun of them, right? You go through names and they're like, oh yeah, but that rhymes with this and that, and, and, and they'll be made fun of. And so it's so difficult, right, to name our, our children. Uh, I remember we were lying in bed uh, one evening and we still didn't have a name. And, and I don't remember who said it, my wife or I, but, the, but one of us said, hey, how about Kaylin? And we thought, wow, yeah. Kaelin, that sounds, that sounds like a good name. Kaelin's name means pure, and it reflects her nature today. Uh, our son, Kelton, his name we found in a book. We found, how many of you found your kid's name in a book? I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing. Some of you the kids are like, that's hilarious, yeah. We found Kelton's name in a book, and Kelton's name means town of keels. Town of keels kind of has a shipbuilder's uh, uh, connotation, and it, and it has kind of a, a Viking feel. So as a guy, I'm like, yeah, my son's going to have a Viking name, right? <laughs> so we went with Kelton. Names carry so much meaning and significance for us. Uh, if you call out a name, it, it might resonate with maybe your grandparent, and there's all these emotions, and there's all these feelings that arise in us about just a name. Isn't that interesting? And I think God knows that about us. And so let's look at these names of Jesus, and let's rehearse in our minds, and let's refresh in our minds who Jesus is through these names that Isaiah 
uses about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, again, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. He is for you, he is for me, he is for the world. Jesus, the Savior, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's talk about Mighty God. He is our Mighty God. This is Jesus And he's described by Isaiah the prophet as a mighty God. And I'm thankful today that we serve a mighty God, aren't you? He is a mighty God. In the Hebrew, mighty God is the phrase El Gabor. El Gabor, and it means powerful. It means strong. It means a warrior. It means a champion. Isaiah would say, this is Jesus, guys. He he is a a mighty warrior for us. He is our champion. He is our powerful savior, a savior who is powerful enough to conquer man's greatest foe, sin and death. You see, let me remind you this evening that Jesus didn't just come to be a baby in a manger. He didn't just come to be a prophet or a teacher or a good person. Jesus came to conquer sin and death for you and for me. He came to rescue humanity from the consequence of sin and to give us eternal life. This is Jesus. He would say in John chapter 10 and verse 10, he says, I am come that they, the world, might have life. This is Jesus. And it's a settled reality that Jesus is a mighty God, that he conquered sin that he paid the debt of sin for you and for me. And you and I here this afternoon on this Christmas Eve in 2020, we all get to choose, don't we? We get to choose whether we accept what Jesus has done for us or reject it. Jesus, the mighty God, he has vanquished our enemy called death. And you can have salvation through Jesus today. That is the offer of God today. Through the Christmas story, the Christmas message, Jesus is an offer of grace and forgiveness to humanity, and you can have that today. But if that's true, if it's true that Jesus is a mighty God and he has defeated man's greatest enemy, our own sin and its consequence, give us eternal life through belief in his name. If that's true, what about your hardships in life? What about all the things that you have struggled with in 2020? What about all the troubles and trials and hardships that are awaiting you in the future? Is Jesus really powerful enough to handle those? If he can vanquish sin and death, can he handle my problems in life? See, I believe the answer to that question is yes, but you have to discover it for yourself. You have to discover Jesus as the mighty God as you run to him for refuge and shelter and protection and wisdom in life. You have to make the choice whether or not you'll go to him because you know that he is the mighty God. Other people would reiterate some of the same ideas about Jesus and his power. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, Paul, the apostle, he was a a person who actually hated God, hated Jesus, hated everything Christians stood for, and came face to face with the risen Christ, and his life was drastically altered. 
He became a Christian. He became someone who started churches and spread the gospel. And he said this in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. He says, now to him, meaning God who is able, meaning God is mighty and he's powerful to do far more abundantly than all we ask and all we think according to the power, catch this, at work in us. Here's the amazing truth for you and I this afternoon. That same power is actually at work in us. Isn't that something? Uh, The same power that spoke the world into existence is at work in us today. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that same power that spoke the world into existence, that defeated sin, defeated death, the same power that rose from the grave, it's at work in you. Do you have any problems in life? (laughs) Join the club, right? Do you have any hardships, any challenges that you don't have strength for? You know, maybe you're here and you have some money problems. Uh, Maybe you're here and you have some relational problems, some tension in your relationships. Maybe you're here, you're in church, and, and you would say, I've got some addiction problems in life. Maybe you have some problems with your parents or you're with your kids. If Jesus is the mighty God, can I ask you to consider something? Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too difficult for the mighty God to overcome in your life? I propose to you this afternoon, nothing is too hard for Jesus. That there is nothing that you and I cannot face in this world because we know and we understand and we stand firm upon this belief and understanding in the character and person of Jesus. He's not just a baby in a manger, but he's the mighty God. And if that is true, He wants to be your refuge and my refuge. Do you need a mighty God today? Here's the second thing. Isaiah says not only is Jesus our mighty God, but he's our everlasting Father. Notice again in in, in verse number 6, it says, And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, and Everlasting Father. You know, I don't know what comes to mind for you when you think of God as your father. You know, statistics tell us in a crowd uh, of this size today, there's likely people here who have suffered greatly under their earthly father. Uh, Maybe you're here this afternoon and and you had a father who is never satisfied. Like it didn't matter what you did and the accomplishments and the awards and the trophies and the grades and everything that you did that you thought was wonderful. It didn't matter what you did in life. You had a father that was never satisfied with you. Maybe you're here and you had a father who was always angry. It didn't matter uh, the good or the bad that was happening in life. Your dad was just angry all the time. Or maybe you had a father who was abusive physically or verbally. Or a father who was just not around or unloving. I understand that there might be a lot of pain for you to associate God is our father because you have this view of your earthly father. And the challenge for us as we see Jesus as the everlasting father is that we begin to view our heavenly father through the experience of our earthly father. Let me challenge you this afternoon when you do that, you're always going to have a tainted view of God. And so when you hear that, that that Jesus is your everlasting father. Maybe you're not 
really ready for that. Maybe you're not comfortable with that idea. I understand. But here's what Jesus would have you know about him. Is that Jesus being called the everlasting father means that he is the source of eternal life. That Jesus being the everlasting father means that he is timeless, that he has always existed, that he is the author and father of eternity, and he holds it within his hands. I am the everlasting father. And like a good father who wants to give good gifts, every father in this room this afternoon wants to give good gifts to his children, and your children are anticipating opening them tomorrow, maybe tonight, I'm not sure. But Jesus, like a good father, wants to give you and I the greatest gift, and it's the gift of eternal life. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus would say these words. He says, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, meaning you're going to go home and and you're going to give good things to your children, if you know how to do that, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, who created you and stamped you with the imprint of God upon your soul and your life, how much more will I give good things to those who ask them? Jesus says, I want to give you eternal life. We read other verses in in the book of Psalms that talk about Jesus being this father, father of the fatherless in Psalm 68, verse 5. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. This is who God is, church. And then in Psalm 103, in verse 13, it says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He is now, and He will forever be our good, our kind, our gracious, and everlasting Father. And I don't know if you see Him that way. I don't know if you see Him that way. I I don't know the pain that you've experienced in life today, today that maybe is tainting your view of who Jesus is. I don't know why you've had to experience all the hardships and the trouble and the pain in your life. I don't have answers for all of those things. But I do know this, that no matter the pain, no matter the hardship, no matter what we experience collectively or individually in life, we know that we can always count on our Father who is mighty and everlasting that he's there to walk with us and protect us and be a shelter to us. He is available to be our refuge today, to be your refuge. So you might ask, where does that begin? Where does that begin today? Let me tell you, it begins here at Christmas with Jesus that this is where the story begins of a mighty God and an everlasting Father, Jesus being born, coming to this earth, putting on human flesh so that he might know what it's like to be human, that he knows you and he knows the temptations and he knows the experience. Jesus says, I have experienced it all, yet without sin. And he put on human flesh so that he might suffer for you and for us and pave the way for reconciliation back to God. This is Jesus. This is our mighty God, our everlasting Father. And I want you to know today that he wants nothing more than for you and I to personally know him. On this Christmas Eve, 
The very best gift that you can receive is the gift through life, through Jesus Christ. And it happens the moment you believe. It it happens the moment that you believed in what Jesus has done for you. He died for you. He He was buried for you. Listen to me this afternoon. He paid your debt for you so that you can have life. And that life is available to everyone, every person who is willing to call upon the name of the Lord. It's available. And maybe you're here this afternoon. You would say, man, you know what? I want that life. I want that life. Hear this this afternoon. The most consequential event in all of history and all of the world is when Jesus became flesh for us, where he entered this world And he came to be with us so that we can be with him for all eternity. See, his birth today, his birth today, it shows us, his names, they show us something about Jesus, our true Savior, born in Bethlehem, born of of a virgin, born in a manger. He came to be with us in our pain. He came to be with us in our trials so that we might learn to run to him as our refuge and find shelter in the name of Jesus. Do you need to believe once and for all? Listen, you're here on a Christmas Eve in 2020. And I don't know your struggles. I don't know your pain. I don't know the issues that you have faced in this life. But do you need to believe once and for all in the person of Jesus, our Savior? They're not just names. These just aren't cute titles to ascribe to a baby. These are the character traits of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you need to believe once and for all and make that decision to trust in Jesus? I'm going to give you today the opportunity to do just that. During this time, maybe at some point before you leave today, you would take out your phone and you would text the word BELIEVE to the number on the screen, 406-219-0314. You would text that word believe to that number and say, I want to believe, finally trust in the person of Jesus. I want to know that God can be my refuge. It happens the moment you believe. Maybe you're here today and you said, man, I've already done that. Can I challenge you Christians today? Has he been your refuge? Has he been the one that you've run to? In all the chaos, in all the turmoil throughout 2020, has he been the one that you have said, I am running to Jesus to find my hope, my refuge in the person of Christ? Has Jesus been the one that you've been finding refuge in? Or has it been something else, some other hope? If this will only happen, some, some dream, something that you're placing your hope in. Stop trying to find refuge, friend, in the world. You'll never, never experience it. You'll come up empty every time. Make God your refuge. Make God your refuge. Be reminded today that he's our mighty God and he's our everlasting Father. Trust in him. Father God, we thank you so much. God, that your names aren't just titles. God, your names are so much more. They, they help us to understand your character, who you are and what you want to be in our lives for us. You're the mighty God. 
There's nothing too hard. You're, you're our everlasting Father. You desire to give us life. Lord, you walk with us. You care for us. You're a good Father. And God, we worship you. And we praise you. And we believe in you. God, may you be pleased and honored and glorified in all that we say and all that we do. In Christ's precious name we pray.